Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the game day edition, the Thursday, August the 22nd edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Winkfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we are crossing over once more with the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast to get a view from behind enemy lines as the Dolphins put together one more tune-up before the regular season. Starting jobs could be decided tonight. Who has the best shot to earn those jobs? Plus, if we have time left over on the show, we'll get into your questions on the Twitter mailbag. All of that and more, but first, before any of it, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WingfieldNFL. Voted the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter by Dolphins Twitter. You can follow the show at LockedOnFins. And of course, check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We have the game day preview up there for you guys live right now. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Jags podcast. And also make sure you check out the new Locked On NFL podcast with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and his new co-host Brian Peacock. Locked on NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL. Let's go ahead and jump right in. That's another Miami Dolphins. And it is game day. That means we have a crossover edition of the Locked on Dolphins podcast here today. And let's not waste any more time and go ahead and bring on my guest. And joining the podcast now is the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You guys can find him on Twitter at ShopTalkingWig. He is Anthony Wiggins. Amp, what's going on, man? What's good, Travis? Finally, we finally get to sit down and break this stuff down and do this, man. I know. It's funny. We we play so close together, at least our two teams do, and we never get to do crossover podcasts because it seems like the Dolphins and Jags don't play a whole lot. But here you are. Welcome into the network. I know this is your first season covering the Jags with Locked On Jaguars, so big welcome there. And this... Anthony is my third rendition of the crossover podcast this preseason. And to be perfectly frank with you, man, I really dial things back compared to what I do in a regular season podcast where I would ask you about the matchups and all that stuff. But let's go ahead and start here like I do each of these preseason podcast crossovers. What are the early returns so far on Nick Foles and John Filippo, and the type of offense we're going to see up there in northern Florida? Well, the early returns is a lot of optimism, not only from the fans, but from the team. Uh, us in the media, man, we were so used to Blake Bortles over the last five years <laughs> with the way he practiced. The first two years, you gave him a mulligan because he was a young guy. But, you know, it's 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 a real quarterback now. Uh, D.D. Westbrook was quoted today basically saying, uh, and I'll paraphrase this, nothing against Blake. He's a friend of mine, but we finally have a guy who's won a Super Bowl, and this is exactly what we've been lacking. Uh, that that's not necessarily a ringing endorsement for Blake Bortles, but it also doesn't catch any of us by surprise. The question is this. Is this a scenario where, let's just say Blake Bortles was a blind date and you're not attracted to her at all, <laughs> and, you, and you're slamming tequila, slamming tequila, just trying to get through it. That date ends and you, you hang around at the bar, and all of a sudden you look to the other side of the room and you see somebody that resembles Rihanna, okay, because she looks that much better than what you were just sitting with. Now, the question is this. Does she, does she really look like Rihanna? 
Or when you wake up on Monday morning after the game, are you going to roll over and look at that pillow and she looks just a little bit better <laughs> than your date, but not quite as good as you thought she did? That's the question with Nick Foles, because if you go by the, the championship game against New England, the Super Bowl against New England, then you know what you're getting, because that's the biggest stage and that's a kid performing under pressure. But if you look at some of the other games and the fact that he didn't necessarily finish, he's had, he still hasn't finished a, a season as a starting quarterback. He hasn't played a full season yet. Now you're stuck wondering, are we so enamored with this guy because it's so much better? It's a regular quarterback. It's so much better than what we've seen in the past. Or is it, you know, because around here, I promise you, man, guys are so used to bad quarterback play. They're looking at this guy like he's the second coming of Tom Brady, when in actuality, that's not who he is. So uh, the, the players are confident. The media is very confident, but we'll just have to wait and see. It's funny you mention that because that's a very common conception here in Miami as well as far as the quarterbacks go because Ryan Tannehill was very physically gifted, but for whatever reason, and I guess it was probably mostly because of his on-field performance on Sundays, but his throwing prowess and all the fun stuff he could do in practice Fans and media alike tend to get a little bit enamored with new quarterbacks down here as well, like it happened with Jay Cutler. It happened a little bit with Ryan Fitzpatrick, although that's been reined back a little bit now. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to start this game at quarterback. I expect the Dolphin starters to play quite a bit in this one. For the Jaguar side of things, how much do you expect those starters to play in this game, the third preseason game, the uh, quote-unquote dress rehearsal, so to speak? I think they'll play a lot. Game one, they sat 32 guys. 32 guys, that's more than the start. That's crazy. They didn't play, they didn't play anybody. Yeah. Last last week, they sat 19 guys, and then they had maybe a, another eight guys that they just didn't play because they were just banged up. So the starters haven't played a lick yet. In fact, they just actually um, activated Cam Robinson, the projected starting left tackle, now a third-year player, rather, out of Alabama. They just activated him. None of the offensive linemen, with the exception of A.J. Cannon and Will Richardson, who are battling for the right guard position, have played. So you got a little bit of Jawan Taylor, who, who's a rookie, second-round pick out of Florida. But for the most part, we haven't seen Nick Foles. We haven't seen Leonard Fournette. I wouldn't even say for the most part at all. We haven't seen Nick Foles, Leonard Fournette, and, and not many of the starters on defense. The only guy we've seen that we project that's going to start is Ronnie Harrison, uh, who's a second-year player who's now – uh, got the starting strong safety position uh, now that they got rid of Barry Church from last year. So we haven't really seen anybody uh, at all. So uh, Doug Marone said, look, this is a dress rehearsal. This is the one where we're going to go out and roll people out and everybody's going to play. He was definitive that Leonard Fournette is going to play. Um, and I think they're just going to play until you see uh, the kind of cohesion and the kind of stuff that they want. This team needs to score early. So what you, you'll see them very aggressive. There's the there's the unknown with uh, Coach John D. Filippo, but that may that could either work in their favor or it could work against them. I think you needed to see these these players out here with a dress rehearsal, working on their tempo, incorporating all of the new things before week one. Uh, because look, week one Kansas City's rolling here, and that schedule doesn't get any easier. They play the entire NFC South. Uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was one of the things I wrote up in my, in my preview column in the podcast from yesterday was that 
this Dolphins matchup with the Jaguars could be kind of like looking in a mirror in a way because of the physical nature they want to play with. And also that the Jaguars could be kind of similar to the Ravens in the way they bring pressure on the quarterback and have ball hawks on the back end as well. And we talk about some of those matchups next on the other side of the podcast. I want to ask Anthony about the pass rushers and how they're going to attack this Dolphins offensive line, which has been a complete disaster so far. We'll get to that and more next here in the Locked On Dolphins podcast. But first... It's a new season. You've got Antonio Brown in Oakland, Le'Veon Bell in New York, Odell Beckham leaving New York for Cleveland. But the one thing that hasn't changed where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on football every single weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of huge cash prizes. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play, where you bet, you win, they pay. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each and every game. And right now, for a special time only, you can get up to $1,000 on a first deposit bonus, doubling up that deposit up to $1,000. Use promo code Locked On to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On when creating your account to claim that bonus. Bet, win, get paid with MyBookie. Okay, rolling into segment number two here on this Thursday crossover edition. We have a football game tonight and we need it badly down in South Florida because of all these distractions happening off the field for this Dolphins football team. The final tune-up for the preseason, the dress rehearsal as it were. And we're talking here to Anthony Wiggins, the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast. And then the other side of the podcast, I teased about this pass rush of the Jaguars. We saw it last year. That Jags defense essentially put to bed the Adam Gaze and Mike Tannenbaum era in Miami last December. And now this offensive line is even worse. And so I want to ask you, Anthony, have the pass rushers on the Jacksonville defensive line, do they go all over the formation? Do they stick to one side? And the reason I ask you that is because I am terrified that Yannick Ngakwe is going to ruin this entire game. Yannick Ngakwe is motivated right now. He had a brief holdout. Uh, his representatives for Rock Nation wanted him to get a Frank Clark type deal, uh, but the Jaguars uh, relented on that because basically they would be doing the deal a deal a year early. So they're going to play this last year this contract out at two million dollars. But he came back and he's been the same professional. Uh, I call him a Tasmanian devil on the edge. He does move around. Uh, mainly, the most of the moving though. Uh, comes with Calais Campbell, who many people consider one of the top three players on this team. Calais Campbell plays the left defensive end, which is over the right tackle, and he's had uh, double-digit sacks now. He's averaged double-digit sacks for the last two years. What happens is they play most of the time, 65 to 70% of the time in nickel. When they do that, they take the nose guard out and they use the three technique along with uh, they, they they have almost like a double three technique. One's a two gap. Calais moves inside the defensive tackle. Well, normally when they did that in the past, they bring somebody else in. In the past, it was Dante Fowler before he got traded. Uh, it could have been uh, Lorente McCray or whoever. 
But guess who that is now? It's Josh Allen, the guy that was taken seventh overall out of Kentucky. He's six foot five, about 268 pounds, and runs a four or five. And he has been very, very impressive in the preseason. So now, unfortunately for a team that has offensive line problems, <laughs> you're, look, you're looking at from one side or the other. Yannick Ngakwe basically has a nine wide outside of the left tackle. Marcel Darius, who had a very good year last year and for a big man is very quick, he's lined up inside. And then you have Calais Campbell at, at the three technique. And then on the other side, lined up in the four-eye situation, you'll now have Josh Allen. They're going to try to get into that stuff on second down. It's very imperative for this team to get teams in long down-the-distance situations because then what they do is they go to two linebackers and they bring D.J. Hayden in, who's a very good slot corner, and along with Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye in cover. So now what you have is you're going you're gonna to have to be forced to play into the strength of this team. The teams that have done this in the past have had very – good quarterbacks that they were confident in. Ben Roethlisberger struggled because Ben Roethlisberger's Ben Roethlisberger, and he's going to try you regardless. Phillip Rivers has had a hard time. Tom Brady in the regular season had a hard time. The teams that have success against the Jaguars, they don't play their game. It was when you, you got Marcus Mariota in Tennessee who they keep beating Jacksonville because they won't play that game. They just give the ball to Derrick Henry and throw the ball in the middle of the field to the tight end. So Miami, it behooves Miami to say, you know what? I ain't dealing with that foolishness. We're going to throw this ball at these running backs. We're going to dump the ball at these tight ends. We're going to get first down. We're going to run the ball on first and second down regardless of what we get. If you do that, you hang around. If you play with fire, you're going to get burned by those guys with those sacks and Jalen Ramsey and Bouye making plays on the football on the outside. It's an absolute embarrassment of riches you guys have on that pass rush. And I completely forgot about Josh Allen before you mentioned him. So good on you for bringing up that good-looking rookie who fell into your guys' lap. And quite frankly, Anthony, I think you guys got the best first and second round value in Josh Allen and Jawan Taylor. So good on you guys for that. And you talked about Yannick Ngakwe playing the nine technique off the left tackle side. I have the utmost confidence in Laramie Tunzel to handle anybody that goes up against him, but you talk about sliding the protection to deal with a guy like Josh Allen and Calais Campbell, who essentially ruined Ryan Tannehill's career here in Miami a few years back. I, it just I, You mentioned trying to get away from that kind of game. The Dolphins do want to run the football, but they also don't get much push in the running game, so we're probably going to see a lot of third and long in this game, and it just seems like it's going to be really, really bad. But we're talking about that strength of the Jaguars off or roster in general and I would say you probably would say that's the strongest position group what's the deepest position group on this team that can give the Dolphins problems in a preseason game not just in the first and second quarter but in the third and fourth quarter as well I think it's the defensive backs uh, my co-host and I Phil we broke down uh, the 53-man roster and it was absolutely a nightmare trying to figure out who stays and who goes I mentioned those four guys they have the luxury of having really good guys up front is you don't now have to reach for production from other people. And what that allows you to do is that allows you to get in some serious player development mode, and it allows you to draft for value in the draft and just take guys and build them up. That's what they've done. The Jaguars are going to be one of those teams that teams needing cornerbacks, not necessarily safety, but teams needing young cornerbacks that know how to play. They're going to get raided when it comes time for cuts. I wouldn't be surprised if you even saw them move some people like Quentin Meeks, who was an All-American at Stanford. He's a guy battling uh, back there for, for, for contention. Uh, you would, Don't be surprised if they move some of those guys for draft capital, even if it's late, late, late picks. 
that they could use in future drafts. The other one is the defensive line. You may see what has happened is this. Dayton Jones was a guy who was a four first-round pick that they picked up, has flashed tremendously. In fact, if you watch the take from last week's game, he's the guy that put Cody Kessler in the concussion protocol. Dayton Jones has looked good not only in the preseason but in practice. Uh, the guy that hasn't looked so good is Taven Bryant, the former first-round pick from the University of Florida who's in his second year. Taven Bryant has been getting pancaked. The coaching staff continues to say he's looked good, but he hasn't. But what that means is your first-round pick in 2018, you're on this ball. Though. They're not going to give up on you. And you know about that from Charles Harris. Yeah. So they're not going to give up on you. They're going to hang there with you. But what that does is that pushes another player out at the back end, and that player might be Dewan Smoot, who his team invested a third-round pick on three years ago. He might be a guy because of Dayton Jones' emergence and because Taven Bryant has taken up a roster spot. You might see him – be able to get out there and get traded for, or he just might be a guy that might end up getting released at the end of the day. Well, let me ask you this. You talk about that embarrassment of riches in the back end of the secondary as well. The Dolphins have three cornerbacks that I trust right now, and that's even probably being a little bit generous. Would you guys give us Quentin Meeks for Kenny Stills? Uh, you know what? i tell you what. I, I, I can guarantee you right now, there would be little to no interest in Kenny Stills because Kenny Stills kneels and Tom Coughlin and this is a military town and right, wrong, or indifferent. They were asked about Kaepernick when they had Blake Bortles and they just refused to do it. Uh, I don't think Kenny, uh, Kenny Stills would be a fit here in Jacksonville, but Jacksonville doesn't really have a need for a wide receiver because here's what they have at wide receiver. And a lot of people didn't really uh, get this uh, thought, but, Maybe the receivers were so bad because the offensive line wasn't very good and you had a bad quarterback, and that has something to do with Fournette's lack of production along with some of his nagging injuries. But the receivers have looked very, very good. Keenan McCardell, the receivers coach, has done a real good job, and, and John Filippo has actually come out and said that he was surprised at how good this group was. So let me run some names down for you. Didi Westbrook is, is a former Belitnikoff winner who's, who's going to look good. I mentioned what he said earlier about Blake Bortles. They drafted DJ Chark in the second round last year. They've activated Marquise Lee off of the injured list, and he's another former Belitnikoff guy. So there's three. They have Terrell Pryor, uh, DJ Chark, who actually led him in receiving two years ago, and then they went out and signed Chris Conley, who's going to be a starter who played 75% of the snaps last year for Kansas City as a starter. You didn't hear his name much because they were throwing the ball. It seems like everybody else out there. But that's six guys right there already that are, are accounted for on this team. And, and nine times out of ten, they're going to have to let some guys go. Trey McBride has looked really, really good in training camp. He's a fourth-year player out of Winter, William and Mary. They're probably going to have to let him go. They're probably going to have to let Tyree Brady go, a rookie out of Marshall who's also flashed. So, don't be surprised if some of these wide receivers get picked up, too. They have a lot of good battles going on right now. You talk about Chris Conley kind of being the odd man out in Kansas City. Maybe he can be your guys' Albert Wilson because that was what happened to him in KC a couple of years ago. He comes to Miami and has a big season, albeit he gets hurt halfway through, but he was off to a roaring start. And Chris Conley has some of those similar traits where he can flat out go and get on top of defenses. We're talking to Anthony Wiggins here, the host of the Locked On Jags podcast. You guys can find him on Twitter at shop talking wig and one last question for you here anthony what is your jaguars prediction this year record division champions into the playoffs give it to me i think they're on the edge of the playoffs i do believe that uh because of the offensive line in houston that they'll be hanging around with houston i've picked them to go anywhere between eight and eight and ten and six 
The reason why is because of the strength of their schedule. They have an extremely tough schedule on the road and at home. It's going to be imperative for them to get off to a quick start. I just think right now the Colts, and you asked me a year ago, and I told you you're crazy. I think the Colts with Andrew Luck, the way that they've constructed that offensive line, you look at their receiving core, man, with T.Y. Hilton and Deion Kane coming back from an injury, and then they draft Paris Campbell, and they got Devin Funches and all of those tight ends. I just think it's going to be a little bit too much. And if Andrew Luck can stay healthy, I really, really believe the Colts will win the division. So I have the Jaguars fighting it out for a wild card, man. But that's why it's imperative that they get off to a quick start and not get behind the eight ball. So we'll see, man. But I, I say anywhere between eight and eight and ten and six, if they're if they're able to stay healthy and keep Fournette up upright, and he has a big year, the offensive line stays healthy. Trav, man, I really, really do think that they can be ten and six. And if they're ten and six and they get in with Nick Foles' experience in the playoffs and with that defense, there'll be a problem just like they were at 10-6 and six in 2017 when they were eight minutes away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, definitely a team built to play in January. There's no doubt about that. Anthony, that's all I got for you, man. I appreciate it. What a great conversation it was. And uh, tell the folks where they can find you besides Locked On Jaguars. Well, Locked On Jaguars, uh, I, if you're ever in Jacksonville, I'm an NFL analyst here on the NBC and ABC affiliates, uh, First Coast News as well as Shop Talking Wig. You know, I got that name because I'm a barber. I've been a barber for 26 years, and for five years I was doing midday radio here on the flagship station of the Jaguars. So uh, that's where you can find me, man. Check me out on Twitter. Uh, check me out on Instagram at Wig the Barber, as well as, if you're ever in Jacksonville, First Coast News. And you can also see that online. All right, really good. Well, good luck tonight and good luck this season and stay healthy throughout the preseason, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, man. Okay, we're going to come back on the other side of the podcast and get to a few of your Twitter mailbag questions here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. You guys can find me on Twitter at NFL and the show at Locked On Fins. football game tonight Miami Dolphins hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars and as always we'll have the recap podcast and article up on LockedOnDolphins.com as well as wherever you find your podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network recapping the third preseason game we'll do it again next week for the fourth preseason game and then we have actual football to discuss but before that let's go ahead and finish this episode off with some mailbag questions I don't have time to get to all of them 46 in total but we're going to get to a few of them here and this first one comes in from Kevin Gerard. He's at Kevin Gerard 13 on Twitter with gaze gone. Have you noticed a change in our screen game? We have predominantly been a bubble screen team. I noticed the Patriots run some very effective screens to running backs. I love to see Drake get some of those, get Drake in space as much as possible. And I talked about this a little bit on the training camp editions of the lockdown dolphins podcast to put it plainly. Yes, it's a big difference. And one of the things I talked about was instead of having receivers come back behind the football and come back down the bubble in the middle of the field and be three or four yards deep in the backfield when they catch the football, they'll push upfield and then come back to the line of scrimmage. So they're catching the ball at zero yards opposed to negative three or negative four. And you also allow the blockers to get out in front. You also put the defensive back on their heels as you push upfield. The running backs in the screen game, they're going to do things where they will go and show a blitz pickup again 
against a pass rusher and then kind of deke them, step off to the side, flash their numbers, and the quarterback puts the ball quickly on their numbers opposed to the little lob ball they'll usually throw on screen passes. And it gets the running back into the route and gives him a chance to view his blockers quickly. Those are the differences I saw in practice. We saw a little slip screen to Kenny Stills in that last preseason game. That's going to be a very prominent feature of this offense. They're going to short motion him from a plus split down to the numbers and then just snap the ball and throw it to him real quick right behind the stack to get him that block. So a lot of changes in the screen game this year. Great question. Next one from Mr. Stubborn. He's at Abduarte underscore one. Do you notice a distinct difference in player preparation and discipline under Flores versus under Gaze and Philbin, or is it too early to tell? Not at all. And one of the things I heard from a Dolphins beat writer was that when they would go cover Adam Gaze practices, he would be up on that fence right there that's right in front of the grandstands for the fans, and he would joke and bullshit with the media throughout the course of practice, or he'd be talking to Wes Welker or Peyton Manning or Dan Marino or whoever the hell he invited out for practice that day. He would spend more time talking to those guys than he would coaching and teaching. And Brian Flores, he goes to every single position groups and works with those guys and stays in contact and communicates and checks on them. So I like that aspect a lot more. Will it have a difference? Who the hell knows, but I think it's a good sign so far early on. This next one here comes in from GTC at GTC829C. What is the most overrated style of beer? I'm going to go with any of those dark stout beers like Guinness, for instance. And I know that's not the best example, but those coffee tasting beers, those really dark and heavy ones, one, they put me to sleep. Two, they fill me up. Three, they don't taste good at all. So I'm more of like a lager or a pilsner, someone that can maybe have a few of those before I get knocked out real quick. I'm kind of a lightweight. I do prefer whiskey or vodka over beer, but I will say stouts and those heavy, heavy dark beers, ain't nobody got time for that. And this last one here comes in from Brian. He's at Finkel is my muse. How have you been, Travis? Well, I'm glad you asked. I've actually been really good. It's been pretty busy the last couple of days because I'm back in school now. So I really added a lot to my plate. That plus the fact that I'm doing the daily podcast here, a daily article, working for fan-sided covering the Pac-12 and college football, and also we have a new initiative coming down the pipeline with a Google deal that's going to put even more on our plate at Locked On Dolphins. So plenty of stuff going on, but I can't complain. I love it all. Life is going good. Family is good. All that stuff checking out right now, and it's the best time of year. September and October are absolutely my favorite two months on the calendar, so I can't wait for that. Plus, we got college football this weekend. Miami and Florida, cannot wait for that game. And then after that, we get Arizona and Hawaii, which has two NFL quarterback prospects in that game in Khalil Tate and Cole McDonald. Check that out on Saturday night. Plenty of good football that actually matters. And for me, frankly... Football is kind of a job sometimes, like right now for sure, watching these preseason games and covering them live is an absolute job. I can't wait to sit back and watch a game as a fan. I feel like it's been years since I I was going to be where I signed off for this episode, but we had some late breaking news after I had recorded this podcast, and you'd think I learned my lesson about pre-writing and pre-recording by now, but with my schedule, I had to talk to Anthony when I could last night. And we have a new contract extension to announce here on the podcast. Jakeem Grant gets a four-year extension worth $24 million, $6 million per year, and guarantees the diminutive wide receiver $12 million in total. Not bad for a sixth-round draft pick who was supposed to go undrafted. So he reaches his second contract. The days of letting our own homegrown talent walk out the door seem to be gone as the Dolphins will now shift their focus to Laramie Tunzel next as reported by the Miami Herald. Let's talk two things here. 
the reason for the signing, and the value of the contract. Jakeem only played 19 snaps his first year, his rookie season, in 2016. He was a return man that struggled to secure the football on those punts. Then he finally got some work in December of 2017, but still only played 132 snaps on the season. But he was an efficiency tear that month, racking up 2.21 yards per route run, which, even though it's a small sample size, was good for 8th best in the National Football League, and 9.23 yards per target, 3rd best among all receivers in the NFL. Again, very small sample size, but you saw the electricity that he can bring to the field into the game in a very small sample size. Then, he finally becomes a fixture on the offense, playing in 30% of the offense's total snaps, but over 50% of the snaps among the 10 games that he was healthy for last year in 2018. He returned two kicks, one punt, one kick for a touchdown, and made explosive plays with great regularity. Those two big touchdowns against the Raiders, the most notable. He's got to give you more than 282 snaps for this deal to be worth it. No question about that. But that's the expectation. He was consistently leaving defensive backs in his dust during practice. He brings an energy that nobody else out there matches. He's dancing. He's producing. He's flying around from drill to drill. The team rewarded his work ethic, and they certainly have big plans for him. In this versatile, timing-based offense, Grant is a perfect fit. He can uncover quickly. He can win releases on the inside, on the outside. He can go back into the backfield and hurt you from there. They're going to throw screens, flats, hitches, slants, and they're going to take a profit on this offense, but Grant can turn those profits into lottery tickets. Lastly, the worth of this contract. I speculated that Taylor Gabriel's contract might be the framework, and that is exactly what happened. Grant's deal makes him the 42nd highest paid receiver in the league. He's right behind Marquise Goodwin and right ahead of Amari Cooper, who is still on his rookie deal. And of course, we'll get paid very soon, but that tells you where this contract ranks. It's right down there with other picks that were taken in the first round. Basically, a first round rookie wide receiver contract gets handed to Jakeem Grant, but even more comparatively, he's right ahead of Cordell Patterson, a veteran in the league, and Devontae Parker for that matter. He's the third highest paid receiver on the Dolphins roster, and this locks up the Dolphins wide receiver room for the foreseeable future. Stills, Parker, and Wilson have two more years left on their deals each. Preston Williams has three, and now Jakeem Grant has four. Prior to this signing, according to Warren Sharp, Miami had the 13th highest paid wide receiver room in the National Football League, so they're still outside of the top 10, and I imagine this probably means they're not going to get back into the market next year, provided that Preston Williams is in fact the real deal. This is a great signing, great value, and if this player stays healthy in this offense, he's going to have a massive role on this football team. And that is going to be where I sign off for this edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at LockdownFins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockdownDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you again later tonight for a game recap edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.